Well, this morning we've got a guest with us that is not a stranger to us. His name is Aaron Elder. Uh, he is from Scotland. He brought his wife this time. Uh, her name is Amy, and uh, she's actually sitting right up here if you want to meet her afterwards, and uh, their friend and colleague, Naomi. And they've actually been investing in our next generation, so our college-age leaders, our um, young professional leaders, and also our young married leaders. And so they're here for the week to just continue that investment, but we partner uh, as a church with uh, Cairn and also Central Church, Carl Martin, you might recall, who has been here a number of times and spoken, and a Rich Robinson. And uh, they coach into our leadership here on a bi-weekly basis, and uh, they come and visit, and we send teams over to them. Uh, and the way that we partner with them in the Celtic land, uh, they have a training hub that plants churches all across uh, the, the Celtic land. Uh, here's what's interesting about Scotland is less than 2% of their people attend church or profess to know Jesus Christ, which makes them a, an unreached people group. And so the things that they're doing in a post-post-Christian culture uh, are, are learnings for us in our context. So we're just really excited to have them in our midst. Uh, so this morning, Aaron Elder is going to come here in a moment. Before he does, I want to pray for us. But as he comes, do you mind just giving him a, a, a very warm Heartland welcome? I know you will. That's awesome. So here's what I like to do. I just want to pray a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, would you come? No. Yeah, you are. Now you are. There's the welcome I was looking for. It's good to see you all. It's good to be back. Um, my name's Aaron, and uh, I started, or I first invited Jesus into my life when I was like four or five years old. So my parents went to church, good Christian family, and uh, there must have been a particular Sunday at Sunday school when I was particularly responsive to what had happened that morning. Because on Sunday night, as I was getting tucked into bed, my dad knelt down by my bedside and said, uh, and said, Aaron, would you like to invite Jesus into your heart? And I said, yes. I was five. I don't remember exactly what I said. He tells me I said something like, yes. And, uh, and then he said, okay, well, let's do that. And so he prayed. And then they, my parents, I can imagine my dad, you can imagine, like left the room, like kind of, you know. <laughs> top of the world, like this has happened, did I just do that? Yeah, like this is amazing, our little boy is following Jesus, he invited Jesus into his heart, and so he went and he told my mum, and then the next morning getting ready for school, I was having breakfast, and my mum said to me, Aaron, your dad tells me that last night you invited Jesus into your heart, and I said, yeah, but this morning I ripped him out again. So, so that's like the starting point for my faith journey. It was like, sure, but I'm going to rip them out. So 
I, you know, I have, I have been following Jesus for quite a long time. It was, it was when I was 17 that I said yes to Jesus and then didn't turn it around the next morning, um, but began to really think of myself as not just how is Jesus somebody who I worship but, and, and admire, but also how is Jesus somebody that I follow with my whole life? And there was a change in that for me of actually how do I, how do I think of myself as a disciple who learns to follow in the way of Jesus. And I think that's, that's something of, of what you guys have been thinking about in this series, thinking about how do we learn to walk this way? How do we learn to walk in his ways of love? And, and to be honest, when I first became a Christian, when I first started following Jesus, I kind of thought, this is just going to happen overnight. Like, I'm suddenly going to become this perfectly holy person. It'll be a matter of kind of weeks before somebody kind of scouts me and is like, this guy should be like the chaplain to the queen. Like, this guy, because we all know the queen where I'm from. And so I was, I thought, this is going to happen. But, but it, it didn't happen like that. What I realized is growing in maturity in faith, growing in the way that I learned to follow Jesus, growing in learning to walk this way, it takes time and it's a process. Becoming all that God created you to be, living up to all of your God-given potential, isn't an overnight thing. Sure, there can be moments of breakthrough, but actually it's a journey of learning to walk this way. And so the title for the series um, and, and kind of where this idea comes from is um, a guy called Paul, who maybe some of you are familiar with, who wrote lots of what we read now in the New Testament. He wrote a letter to Christians living in a place called Ephesus. And so we read in, um, in the fifth chapter of his letter to the church in Ephesus, we read this. He says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. And this morning, what I'm going to talk about and what I want to suggest is you cannot learn to walk in the way of love. You cannot grow in maturity in faith. You cannot reach all of your God-given potential until you learn or know how you're going to relate to the Holy Spirit of God. So that's where I'm going with this. That's what we're going to spend some time thinking about. And as soon as I say that, some of you get nervous. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Because we can get like God is father, some of us, not always good cases, good examples, but we know what a father is and a dad, and, and we get Jesus because Jesus is a person and we can understand what we read in the scriptures of the person of Jesus, but the spirit is like the spooky one of the Holy Trinity, right? The mysterious one, you know, the weird uncle who kind of comes in occasionally, or we, is it okay to say that? Or we think of, um, or we... <laughs> creepy uncle, um, or we think of the Holy Spirit as like the force in Star Wars, or maybe like God's special pixie dust, like when something magical needs to happen, the Holy Spirit appears, and that's kind of where that comes from, and that's true, but actually the first thing I want to tell you is that the Holy Spirit is not a force or a power, although he has power, but the Holy Spirit is a person, so you can relate to him. In the same way you can relate to God as a father, in the same way that you can relate to God as he's expressed in the person of Jesus, you can also know God as the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of, of God. And so there's this misconception that, that the Holy Spirit is this or is that, you know, Father Spirit, 
father, son, sorry, and spooky one. But, um, but actually, he can be known. He can be known. And in fact, the verse that we're going to get to, that I'm going to take a long time getting to this morning, um, actually suggests that you can not just relate to the Holy Spirit, but you can offend and grieve the Holy Spirit. Some of us are like, ooh, didn't even know that. Like, you can grieve God? Well, you can, and we're going to take some time to understand some stuff first, but that's what we're going to arrive at and think about this morning. So first, let's... Um, Let's talk a little bit about what does the Holy Spirit do? If the Holy Spirit is a person that I can relate to, that's a weird kind of concept for me. So, so what does the Holy Spirit actually do? Well, the first thing that the Spirit of God does is that he empowers us. He empowers us. So throughout the Bible, we read these accounts of people being empowered by the Spirit, of people doing and seeing amazing things happen as the Holy Spirit comes upon a person. Or the Holy Spirit works through a person, not least in the life of Jesus himself. And so Luke, who wrote this gospel account, this kind of document of of here's what happened in the life of Jesus Christ. In his gospel, he records that the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus at his baptism. And so as Jesus was kind of lifted out of the waters, baptized by his cousin, the Holy Spirit came upon him and it says that it filled him. The Spirit filled him. And then Luke goes on to record the chapter after that. We read, we read this on the screen. This is from Luke chapter 4 in, in what he's accounting of the life of Jesus. So let me read this to you. Jesus has just been baptized, and it says that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What what Luke is talking about here, what Luke is documenting and describing, is important for us to take note of, and and it's this, that, that when Jesus did the things that he would go on to do, you know, when he healed the sick, when he proclaimed good news, when he extended forgiveness, when he did those things, he did not do those things in his own power. But he did them in the power of the Spirit. And so it's very easy, I know, for us to say, well, Jesus did the stuff that Jesus did because Jesus is God. And that's true. But actually... What we, what we understand of the scriptures and what elsewhere Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2 is that Jesus, when he came to earth, emptied himself of his divinity. He became normal. He became human. He became like you and me, but he learned to live a life with the power of the Spirit. And so we can't just hold at arm's length and say, Jesus lived like that because he was God. He was But he lived like that because he learned to live with the Holy Spirit. 
In fact, that's what Jesus shows us in the Gospels, how to live a life in step with the Spirit of God. That's what Jesus demonstrates. So, I don't know about you, but, but if I'm like, I want to follow Jesus, I want to live this way, I want to walk this way, um, I need the same power that Jesus had to do that. Like, if Jesus had to be filled by the Spirit, if the launch pad for his ministry was his baptism, at which point he received the Spirit and then moved in power, then I know that if I want to see the same things happen in my life, if I want to grow to become all that God's created me to be, if I want to see even some of the same miraculous supernatural breakthrough in this time, then I need the same power at work in me. And it's cool because that's what Jesus promised. Jesus said, those who follow me will receive the same power in the same spirit. You can expect that the Holy Spirit will empower you. And so if you've ever read this book that was also written by Luke, it's called Acts. And it's called Acts because it's literally the acts, like the amazing acts that happened as the first followers of Jesus learned to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Like just the crazy stuff, the events, the adventures, the opportunities that happened as they learned to say, not, not in our own power, which is limited, but as we learn to trust and live as Jesus did in the power that comes from the Spirit of God. And so that's what you read. And so that's why I just, like, I both love reading the book of Acts and get jealous for it. I'm reading it like, oh, in our time, God, would you do this? Would we see the same as we learn not to rely on ourselves, but to rely on your power at work within us? And so we can expect to be empowered to do the things that Jesus did in the way that Jesus did them, to share our faith, to offer forgiveness, to pray for the sick, and to day by day, year by year, grow to be more like the one that we follow, which means fullness of life, what Jesus intended in the first place, which means breakthrough in the addictions of our lives which means overcoming the things that we thought we'd never walk in freedom from in our lives. That's what it means. But so often, we settle for a powerless faith. I know I do. Like, so often I settle for a powerless faith. Anytime that I think, ah, I got this. I can work it out. I can make it happen. If I just kind of get my act together, if I can just clean myself up for God, anytime we do that, Anytime we kind of put our hands on the stuff that's God's to do, we limit what he would do through us. Take it off him. We take responsibility that shouldn't be ours off the Spirit of God. And so I'm with, um, I'm with Francis Chan, who's a Christian leader, when he, he wrote this, this little quote that's going to come up. He said this, I don't want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. I want people to look at my life and know that I couldn't be doing this by my own power. Just let that sit with you for a second. See, the issue is not that the Spirit's power isn't available to us. The issue is so often that we don't make space. The issue is so often that, that we're doing it on our own, in our own strength. And, you know, this may sound obvious, but if we never create space or ask for the empowering of God, we can't expect 
that we'll see the power of God. You have to create space. You have to anticipate. You have to create that expectation. And so what I want to challenge you guys to have a think about is, where is the God gap in your life? And by that I mean, where is that place in your life where if the Holy Spirit of God doesn't move in power, you will fall flat on your face? Because if we don't create those kinds of spaces, then we can't really be disappointed when we don't see the power of God at work through us. You've got to get out of the boat. You've got to be willing to take the risk. And in a world where we, we so tightly hold on to comfort and security, that can be hard to do, can't it? It can be hard to make space for the stuff that's outside of our control. But actually, if we want to see the Holy Spirit of God empower us, we need to create space and take risks for that. There need to be those places where if he doesn't show up, we'll fall flat on our faces. Because my experience is more often than not is that when I create those spaces, guess what? I don't fall flat on my face, but the Spirit of God exceeds my expectations. There's more than I could ever have done on my own, in my own strength, in my own ways, by my own agenda. And so that's the first thing. What does the Holy Spirit do? Well, he empowers us if we let him. Second thing that the Holy Spirit does, and this is maybe slightly more familiar, is that the Holy Spirit guides us. He guides. Have you ever had one of those moments where, um, where it just feels like God is speaking directly to you? It's almost like spooky. You're like, how did that person know that about me? Or why would they choose to sing that song this morning? Because that's just the one that's been playing around in my head. Or maybe, you know, just in that cute British accent, the way that he said that, it just spoke to my heart and I'm convicted. And... But you know those moments, you know what I'm talking about? And this, is, this has never happened to you. Maybe it will this morning. But actually there's those moments that I can look to in my life where I know it's like, oh, God spoke to me. That's what that was. It wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't just a particular kind of place, a particular time. But actually God was speaking to me in that moment. And so God guides us, and so we can expect that God speaks to us. He speaks. Let's be clear. The Spirit doesn't ever say anything that contradicts what Jesus said or did, but actually can bring it to us in a new way, can add kind of flesh on the bones of it in a way that suddenly kind of slaps us in the face or lands in our life in a way that inspires us or encourages us, or maybe even sometimes drags the things that we've been hiding in the dark into the light. Never to shame us, but for our good. You know those things, the kind of skeletons in our closet, that we're glad the people sitting around us right now don't know about us? Like the Holy Spirit often will, will kind of just touch gently on those things, because often there's healing that needs to be done there. Often, the way that we might live in the future will be dictated by how we deal with some of that stuff in our past. And so the Holy Spirit does that work. The Bible calls, calls this conviction, to be convicted by the Spirit. That sense of like gut kind of, ugh, you got me, God. You've called me out on that. Okay. Not to shame us, not to condemn us, but to bring us life. To open a door for transformation in us. And that's something of what the Spirit does. And so sometimes that comes in like a kind of lightning bolt, kind of, okay, that I can't avoid that. That's happened. God has spoken. I need to figure out how I respond to that. 
Sometimes we need to learn to listen for the still, small voice of God. I don't know about you, I'm, I'm like a small child. I need lots of course correction. Like, you know, put that on the table. This table over here. You mean this one here? Oh, you want me to take this over there? Like, I, just, I can just get caught up and going in lots of different directions. And so I need to learn to tune in and hear from the Spirit of God. Jesus made a regular practice of retreating away from the crowds to be alone, to hear, to receive guidance. And yet so often, the latest series that I'm binging on Netflix is so much more compelling. It's so much more in that moment, just one more episode. And I I limit, I, I don't make space to hear from God in that way. And so I've got a practice for you, which is going to appear on the screen as well. This practice is called the examine, which, which literally means to examine yourself. And we examine ourselves to look for where is the Holy Spirit of God at work in my life. And so let me talk you through what this looks like. For me, this is, as much as I can, a daily practice of when I close my eyes and I lie in bed at night, I ask myself these three questions. The first question is, what brought me joy today and what am I thankful for? Where was God in my day? Where did I feel close to God? What am I thankful for? Second question, what disappointed me today? And where did I not live up to everything I could be? And then the final question, and actually that question there, um, is often the moment I realize, oh, I've been living my own agenda all day. I've allowed myself to just turn in on my selfishness, on what I want, on what I want to prioritize. I haven't made space to be led or guided by God. And the last question, what's the one thing God is teaching me that I want to take into tomorrow? And so I'm going to pause, and we're going to leave that on the screen for a second. Some of you are doing it already. Why don't you take out your phone if your phone has a camera on it? Like, seriously, I can see you as well. So you can do that. Even if you don't do it, humor me and hold it up for a second, even if you're not going to do it. Okay. I'll get out of the way. I'll duck or something. Can you see that? There you go. Take a picture. I dare you to start tonight. Really simple. Lying in bed tonight, go to your photos on your phone, look up those three questions, And ask yourself those questions as you go to sleep tonight. Why? Why? Because my experience is when I make space in such a simple way, the Spirit of God changes me. Spirit of God changes me. I'm more thankful. I'm more aware of what God is doing in my life. I'm not just rushing on to the next thing and the next thing and hit the pillow and go to sleep and next day, new thing, go, 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 go. But it just takes that second to examine, to pause. Where am I at in my relationship with God as I go to sleep tonight? What's the one thing that God is saying to me that I want to take into tomorrow? And allowing God to guide my steps. It's the Holy Spirit who loves to guide us. One of the names for the Holy Spirit is, um, in the original language, it's paraclete. It means advocate or helper. He loves to help us. He loves to guide us. He loves to advocate for us. And so that's the second thing. 
that he guides. And then the, the third and final thing of what the Holy Spirit does, this is not an exhaustive list, but, but the third thing um, is that the Holy Spirit is the presence of God with us. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God with us. The unique thing about the Holy Spirit, the really unique thing about the Spirit of God, is that he dwells within us. He dwells within us. The Spirit is the presence of God in your life, in my life, in our lives. It's the Spirit that reminds us of our identity in God, reminds us of the family of God that we get to be a part of. It's the Spirit of God who points us towards the example of Jesus and points us upwards to loving communion with the Father. That's what the Spirit does. And so if ever we think about the Holy Spirit, it won't be long before we're thinking about Jesus and thinking about the Father because the Spirit is like, you know, he's a humble guy. It's like, it's not about me, but look at Jesus and what Jesus has done for you and what he accomplished for you and the example that he set for you. And look at the Father and the way that he sent the Son because he loves you and he he wants to embrace you as a father embraces a son. That's what the Spirit loves to do. And so if you want to draw closer to God, experience more of his love for you, a really good prayer to pray is, Holy Spirit, come. Jay prayed it at the start. Some of us hear that prayer and we just don't know what it means. Like, Holy Spirit, come. What we're doing in that moment is not saying, you haven't been here, you need to come now. But actually saying, you're always with me. Help me be more aware of you. Help me to be empowered by you in this moment. Help me to be guided by you in this moment. Help me to be more aware of the example of Jesus and the love of the Father in this moment. Holy Spirit, would you come? I love what the Holy Spirit does. Look at this from Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. Like the Holy Spirit just wants to draw you in. Do you know those moments where we kind of don't know where we're at with God or we hold God at arm's length or we assume things about God? God's mad with me. God's distant from me. I've let God down. Whatever it might be, but the Holy Spirit is the one who kind of draws in and says, you know, but the Father loves you and you're a child of God. But Jesus died for you. He loves you that much. Surely you can reconnect. Surely there's relationship for you here. Surely there's purpose and life for you. It's the Spirit of God. It's the very presence of God with us that does that. And so I was looking for um, a good illustration to show you. What, what is it like to live with an awareness of and in cooperation with the Holy Spirit of God? Other than reading the Gospels and looking at how Jesus did it. Like, like, what does that actually look like? How can we picture that for ourselves? And so what I came up with is a video clip that I want to show you. And just by way of introduction, this video um, is one that was filmed um, 
last year at our church weekend away. So me and my wife lead a local community church. We planted out of another church um, a few years ago. And so we lead this church and we took our church on a weekend away. And we spent some time thinking about the Holy Spirit while we were there. And, and on the Saturday night, we had a talent show, like you do. You know, what should we do? Let's have a quiz. Let's have a talent show. So we had a talent show. And so we called it, the place where our church is is called Ox Gangs, quirky name. So we had the Ox Factor. I don't know if that translates, but like, see what we did there? wasn't my idea. Um, the Ox Factor. So we had the Ox Factor and we said, okay, we had like 20, all the kids, obviously. Like I can burp the alphabet and we're like, that's disgusting, sit down. <laughs> but then you get like this little girl who's so sweet and she's, she's in the video in a second. She's called Sophie and she's seven years old. She lives in Edinburgh and, um, and she's been learning how to do Highland dancing. So I thought I've got to give you something like authentically Scottish as I come to speak to you this morning. So you're going to get to watch a little girl doing some Highland dancing. Now, she started, we started our talent show. We introduced some acts. I did a magic trick. It bombed completely. <laughs> it's been working on my magic, my sleight of hand. Anyway, Sophie gets up, and she does her thing. And about 10 seconds into the music, she's obviously missed her cue. And so she starts crying, and she runs off stage. And we're all like, oh. We're willing her to do well. And so one of the ladies in the church finds her and says, Sophie, when I was your age, I learned how to do Highland dancing too. Why don't we enter another act into the Highland dancing, into the talent show, and we'll do it together this time. You can dance and I can dance, and we'll dance opposite each other, and if you get stuck, you can copy me. I'll lead you in the dance. And so that's the video clip I want to show you. Sophie and this lady Caroline dancing with her, and then she steps out of the dance and lets her take, take her kind of praise from the crowd. So let's watch, let's watch the video together. that sweet? Um, that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do the things that we can't do on our own. The Holy Spirit guides us in the right steps to take. And the Holy Spirit gives us his presence to reassure us, to comfort us, to bring us joy. That's what the Spirit of God loves to do. 
And so I'm going to invite Jay now to recreate that Highland dance for us. No, I'm not. I'm only joking. In the power of the spirit, it's a good space. Come on. No, I'm not going to do that. That wasn't in my notes either. Um, our ability to walk this way, our ability to be all that God created. You know when God thought of you? You were no accident. When God thought of you, he had this picture in mind. He placed in you all this potential. For us to grow into all of that, for us to grow in all of our God-given potential, for you to be all that God has called you to be, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. It's only in relationship with him. It's all based on our willingness to cooperate with him. And what I'm learning is, is that walking this way is less about what I do. It's less about the right behavior. It's less about like managing my sin. What a lifeless, burdensome activity that is. And it's more about moment by moment and day by day saying yes to the Spirit of God. That's what I've been learning. But we always have a choice. Always. The Holy Spirit doesn't force himself upon us. We can make space for him or not. We can join in the dance or not. That choice is ours. And so just want to read to you our verse for today, which is Ephesians 4:30. And it says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Heavy. Paul is urging these Christians that he writes to, don't turn down the help of the Holy Spirit when it's offered to you. Don't turn it down. When we refuse or we ignore the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it grieves him. It grieves him. When we say, no, I'm not going to join the dance, I'm not going to have another go, I'm not going to open up my hands to see what you might do. You know, anytime, anytime we choose self-reliance instead of his empowering, anytime we do things on our own, we, we ignore the guidance of God and say, I know best, any moment in our pride when we do that, it grieves the Spirit of God. And any moment when we hold God at arm's length and say, I'm not good enough, or I can't be close to God, or I won't be drawn in as you'd want me to be drawn in, it grieves the heart of God, it grieves the Spirit of God. Not because, not because he's petulant or controlling, like I've not got my way, it grieves me, but because he wants us to live fully and freely. You know, somebody you love, you just want them to be free, you want them to live fully, you want them to be all that they could be. That's how the Spirit feels about us. And so let me read that, that verse again, this time in the message translation. And I think this is absolutely beautiful. It says this, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Don't take such a gift for granted. It might sound silly, but it, but it grieves the heart of God when we try and live our lives without him. We try and do it on our own. And this morning, 
I believe that the Spirit of God is here. Do you believe that? Anybody else? Do we believe that God is actually here and is present by his Spirit? Yeah. And so you need to know that he doesn't hold grudges. That's important to know, isn't it? Because some of us sit here and we're like, oh man, but I've, he's been the spooky one to me. I'm not sure where I'm at with him. I'm not sure I've ever listened to him. I'm not sure I know anything about him. He doesn't hold grudges. He just invites you into the dance. All of you. The beautiful thing is from wherever we're at, whoever you are this morning as you sit in this room, you're invited. He invites you. He wants to draw you in. He wants to empower you and he wants to guide you. He wants to be present in your life in a way that brings you joy. That's what he wants. And so that's what we're going to do. We're just going to respond. And, and in a moment, the band are going to come and we're going to close in a final song. But, but I think it's appropriate that we respond to the Holy Spirit together this morning. That we acknowledge that he is here. He's been here the whole time. Even earlier on, when none of you were in this room, he was, he was here. He was with you navigating the treacherous roads to get here. And so, um, why don't we stand together? And I, I want to invite you, and I, and I guess the invitation is, if you want to say yes to the Holy Spirit of God, I would love to invite you to come and just join me by standing down here at the front. Um, so if you're like, yes, you know, I, I want to say yes, I want the empowering, I want the guiding, I want his presence in my life. It doesn't have to be the first time, but if that's something that you want to receive from him this morning, then I want to invite you to not be shy, but just to come and stand and join me here. And not because there's something special about coming and standing at the front, but actually because by, set, by kind of moving out of our seat and moving to the front, we're just saying yes. We're saying, yes, I want, I'm up for this. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be shy here because I want the Spirit of God at work in my life. And so I just invite you, as these guys are already gathering, come and join, don't be shy. We're going to wait on the Spirit of God. And as you come, all that I'm going to do is pray, Holy Spirit, come. And so if, if the front's filling up, fill the aisles, come on out, don't be shy. We're just saying yes to God. We're saying yes to the Spirit of God. We're saying, yeah, I want to know more of your power in my life. I know I need your guidance. I want to listen to you. I know I want your presence. I want you to draw me closer to the person of Jesus, to the love of the Father. Then come and receive that. And, and the band are just going to join me just now as well. And this is going to get messy because the band are going to play and we're still going to be here. And, uh, and we've got a prayer team around. And so the prayer team are under strict, strict instruction. They're going to kind of mingle and move around at the front here. Um, they're not going to counsel you. They're not going to ask you anything. They're going to stand next to you and pray, Holy Spirit, come. Are we okay with that? Yep. Great. So let's, let's all pray that together. If you want to even just say, Holy Spirit, I want to receive from you. You want to open your hands where you are. If you're not out at the front, you can do this where you are at the back as well. And But let's open our hands and let me pray for us. So Spirit of God, would you come? We wait on you. And where there are different things that we know that we need from you this morning, would you give us those things? Would you give us the desires of our hearts? As we say yes, 
Would you empower us to do more than we can do alone? Would you guide us in your path of righteousness, your way to my best life? Would you guide us in that way? And would you give us your presence? And would we long for more of your presence in our lives? Hmm. Holy Spirit, come. And just wait on him. And, and it might be you sense God is reminding you of something. It might be something you've forgotten about. It might be the way that you know that he's spoken in the past. It might be one word that stood out to you from what we've already said this morning. Just like, oh, that's, that's from God for me for right now. Just receive it from him. And prayer guys, just mingle and move around. If you're normally on a prayer team and this isn't your week on the rota, we might need your help. <laughs> so come and join. If that's you, if you're a praying person and you are up for standing next to somebody and praying Holy Spirit come, then come and join in as well. But feel free to mingle, feel free to make some noise. That's okay. I just, I just am determined that nobody leaves this room today without having done the business with God that they know they need to do. So if that's you and you're like, oh, that girl in the video is me and I've, I'm not sure, I'm kind of on the edge of a second go, just take that step. He's here, he's inviting you. He wants to say yes, he wants to give you his presence. And so these guys are going to sing if you're down at the front, stay at the front. People will find you. If you have been here for a while and still nobody's prayed for you, maybe give them a little, put your hand in there and have a little wave and be like, somebody can pray for me. Turn and pray for one another if you want to do that, if you're comfortable to do that. For the rest of us, let's, let's respond. Our, our right response to this, I think, is worship. It's to say, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for the gift of your spirit. Some of you... I can't leave without saying this. Some of you, for the first time, know that you want to receive the Spirit of God. And if that's you, just come and join or come and find me afterwards. Come and pray with me, my wife, some of the team afterwards. We'd love to pray with you. If you're here and you're thinking, I'm not sure where I'm at with God at all as I come into this room today. And you're like, I, I know I need to get right with God. Again, we'd just love to pray that for you. There are people who who are trained in that kind of thing. They're really good at introducing people to the Spirit of God for the first time. Uh, and so this is a slightly messy but safe place for us to do that. And we're going to sing together. These guys are going to lead us.